I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsenal Way. And yes, we have a special show for you guys today. The Fans Footballer of the Year Awards of 2022. And we're, of course, specifically focusing on Arsenal. And I'm joined by the expert, Kaya Kainak, to give us his thoughts and his selections for Arsenal's Player of the Year. Firstly, before we do that, Kaya, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm, I'm very better now you've stroked my ego and called me an expert. I'm very happy <laughs> about that. Yeah, very good. Delighted to be here. How about you, Bailey? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I wouldn't call myself expert as uh, just yet. I'm getting to I would. Soon. I would. Oh, I would. Appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it. But let's just focus on the matter at hand and talk about Arsenal's football player of the year. But before we do that, Kai, let's talk about Arsenal's season and the year as a whole. I think the second half has been more of a success. But how would you judge it when you bring in the first half when you consider Arsenal missing out on the top four? I don't necessarily view that as. It's, it's something you can say very much in hindsight, but I don't view it as terrible as I think it felt at the time. Mm. Obviously, at the time, it felt a bit gutting that Arsenal didn't finish inside the top four. It felt a bit gutting that Spurs were the team that beat them to it. But if you look at Arsenal's form in 2022, it's been it's been pretty damn good. Um, up until that run where, obviously, it sort of fell apart and they lost three games in a row, and I think it was April or March or April, that's when sort of things started going badly. But before that, Arsenal were winning lots of games. They were looking very impressive. I think they only drew one game for quite some time. I think Southampton was their first draw since Burnley in January, if I'm not mistaken. So it was lots of wins, uh, a few losses, but I think I'd rather focus on the wins. And I think the the sort of the failure to, to get into the top four has really kicked Arsenal on this year and it's provided a springboard to what we're seeing now, and I think this young squad is really hungry. I think they're hurt by what happened last year, and they're even more motivated to succeed this time around. I've, I've spoken to players who have confirmed that. I remember Aaron Ramsdale saying something along those lines in the summer. And I think it's been good. And obviously, second half of the year, no one can have any complaints, really. I mean, there's that one loss at Man United where a lot of things went against Arsenal and on another, almost any other day, you'd like to think they would have at least come away with a point from that. So, no, it's been superb from Arsenal this season. And this is... For me, this is the year where we've really started to see Mikel Arteta's project take effect and we've really started to see what he wants this Arsenal side to be. It sort of started around when Pierre-Emerick was dropped as the captain, which was December, and then it sort of rolled on into January. And we've really seen what Mikel Arteta wants from his Arsenal side. And I think, obviously, as Arsenal fans and Arsenal journalists, I think we're all very much enjoying what we're seeing. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think the missing out on the top four was a blessing in disguise for a couple of reasons. You mentioned it. I think uh, it gave hunger. It created the desire in the player's belly. I don't think they want to feel that hurt once again. And they know this season they have to stay on top form and they have done that. They've proven to do to do that. And secondly, I think it shows that the players have faith in Mikarteta. Despite not making top four, they've been able to overcome that in this season, achieve greater heights, which just shows that the players have fu- are fully behind our tail. So it was a blessing in the disguise as well. And the second half of the season has been uh, perfect for us almost, would you like to say, except from the Manchester United game. But we're still topped by five points. So I think that really does uh, show on everything. But Kai, let's talk about the nominees for player of the year. Now we have four options and we're going to go for the defence 
up to towards the attack. We're going to start off with centre-back and a player who wasn't at the club for half of the year, but he's been playing so well that he deserves a nomination, and that is William Saliba. Why is William Saliba one of your nominations, Kyle? Yeah, I think you could make an argument that there's players across the whole of 2022 who have maybe been more deserving of a call-up, but I think William Saliba has to be in there, not just because he's excellent, but because of what he's added to this Arsenal defence. And obviously the composure he has for someone who's only 21 is superb. The the ability on the ball is fantastic. But what he offers Arsenal in terms of allowing them just to step those extra few yards up the pitch, the Arsenal defensive line is on average, I think I, I wrote a piece about this um, the other day, and they're playing, I think it's 4.5 metres higher up the pitch than they were last season. And that obviously allows Arsenal to win the ball up higher. It allows them to be uh, more domineering over games. And all the brilliant attacking play we've seen is built on the foundation of this superb defensive back line that Arsenal have got. And William Saliba has been a massive part of that. He's expert at defending in wide areas, which is something that centre-backs don't tend to be that great at. He's quick, so he's rarely ever beaten for pace by any centre-forwards. He is excellent in 1v1 duels. Rarely ever see him go to ground. He's always on his feet. He's very composed. He doesn't like to overcommit himself if he can avoid it. And I just think that he's the perfect centre-back for what Mikel Arteta wants. And I think he's taken the Arsenal defence to another level. And I think, you know, finally, after the the three-year wait we had to endure to see him, I think it's definitely been worth the wait. Yeah, it's definitely been worth the wait indeed. And Kai, I know you got quotes from him in the mix zone uh, after the Arsenal first Brighton Carabao Cup game. And he mentioned he wants to emulate um, Arsenal legends such as former French legends. But taking that into consideration, Kaya, what is Saliba stealing at Arsenal? Can he become amongst that? Has this has this year shown that he has the potential to be become one of Arsenal's maybe greatest ever centre-backs? 100%, 100%. He's only 21 still. Like that's, that's the crazy thing about William Saliba is there's so much more still to come. Obviously, the big concern is over his contracts and London. we've reported that that is due to expire in 2023, although Arsenal have the option to extend that until 2024. Uh, there's talk that there is an offer on the table. Um, I'm not surprised that he hasn't signed it yet. I think that, you know, if if I was his agent, um, I'd be advising him just to hold off until after the World Cup, see what sort of position he's in there. Because if he comes back, having played almost every game for France and being a World Cup winner, you know, suddenly the wages you can demand go a lot higher. So no surprise that it's taking a little bit longer than maybe some of us would have hoped. I'm still hopeful. And I think Arsenal are still hopeful and that they can get into commit to a new deal but that has to be a massive priority and if Arsenal do get him to sign a long-term contract then I have no doubt that he will go on to become a fantastic centre-back for Arsenal Football Club. Absolutely I think with his recent performance it's almost impossible to to disagree with that but let's talk about the second nominee Kaya now it's we're moving towards right back or would you like to say we're staying at centre-back it depends what size <laughs> or the defence you are and that is with Ben White. Ben White is your second nominee Kaya to speak to speak to me through that nomination. Yeah, I, I wanted to show some love to Ben White because I feel like he goes under the radar quite a lot. Um, there were other players I could have chosen and we'll get into those a little bit later. But the reason I went for, for Ben White is because of, like you say, how good he's been in not just one, but two positions. That's not easy to do. It's not easy to transition from being a centre-back for a whole season, having been mostly a centre-back the season before. I know he's played right back in the past, but not in the same way. And to go and do it to the level that he's been able to do at Arsenal... I think from that Amazon documentary, it's Carlos Cuesta says that his biggest strength is his ability to learn and take on information quickly. And we've seen that this season in the way he's adapted to becoming a right back. The way he inverts 
is fantastic for Arsenal. It gives them extra, extra options in the build-up. Again, it allows them to play higher up the pitch and it also provides them a defensive platform and a cover for them to go forward and the midfielders to attack. So you see the the way Martin Erdegaard and Granit Jacker have been playing fantastically this season. Ben White's performances are all heavily linked to that. And finally, he got his call-up for the England squad. I think, you know, hopefully he'll be starting against Iran on Monday. And I think he just he deserves a bit of praise because I feel like Ben White is so consistently seven out of ten that we almost forget how difficult it is to be that good that often. And he's a really good player. I don't expect him necessarily to win the the popularity contest among fans, but I think he definitely deserves to be on the ballot. And that's why I put him there. Yeah, I do agree. I think it's in recent weeks. I think the fan base, Ben White is almost creating a cult a little bit with uh, his nonchalant style on the pitch, would you like to say? <laughs> and I think fans are starting to warm to Ben White finally. I think his performances also have been, have been replicating that. And Kyle, do you think if he stayed at centre-back, he would have the same, would you say, would he have been able to be nominated? Do you think he would have been in the England squad? Or do you think his transition to the right-back position has been pivotal? Mm-hmm. I think he'd have been in the England squad just because if you look at the number of injuries England have, and he'll probably play at centre-back, I think, for England in the back three. But would he have been on the on the uh, list? I don't think so, actually. I don't think so. I think, um, I, I, and that's not saying he wasn't great at centre-back last season, because I think he was, and I think he proved a lot of doubters wrong. He got very harshly judged for a, a poor debut against Brentford and then was largely superb after that. So I think he's been good, but I think we've seen another side to his game, which is sort of the overlapping runs as well. That's not easy to do. And going from a centre-back and playing in those more advanced areas, that's a very difficult skill. And Ben White has got that in his locker and he's, yeah, he's gone to another level since moving to right-back, I think. Yeah, he has gone to another level indeed. And Kaya, this is a perfect segue because another player who's gone to another level is Granit Xhaka since he's been assigned to the left side of midfield, centre midfield position by Mikel Arteta. And he's been absolutely another goal threat, would you like to say, for Arsenal this <laughs> season. Is that a major reason why he is the third nominee for, for the fans of the year of the award? Yeah, it's definitely part of it. I mean, people say that Granit Xhaka has been good this season. I think he's been good the whole of 2022. Mm. I think he's benefited from around Christmas time, as we mentioned earlier. Arsenal did switch to that more orthodox 4-3-3 from a 4-2-3-1. And they've not really looked back since. And Granit Xhaka has developed his game in a way that I don't think any of us saw coming, that box-to-box side to his game. I think we all viewed him as maybe a sort of a cumbersome, deeper-lying playmaker who sort of covers for Kieran Tierney in the left-back slot and allows them to get forward, but doesn't really contribute to the attack himself much. But Xhaka's gone to another level again, I'm using that phrase for these Arsenal players, since moving position. And he is getting beyond the last man, which is huge. He's a complete penalty box threat. He is something that Arsenal haven't had in the past in terms of midfielders getting forward, I'd argue, since Aaron Ramsey. I don't really think they've had a midfielder who gets forward and contributes with goals. And that's a massive part of his game. Mikel Arteta's always called on midfielders to score more goals. Granit Xhaka has added that. And obviously, there's the stuff off the pitch as well. Um, the way he's managed to turn around his, his reputation with the fans. I think he's won player of the month three times this year. Among the fans, it might be twice. And that's a, a massive turnaround. I don't think any of us would have seen that coming. When, if we'd done this this time last year, I don't think any of us would have spoken about Granit Xhaka being a contender for Player of the Month. And then, of course, he's finally got his song as well, which is really nice to see. Um, it couldn't have happened to, I think, a more deserving guy. He, he speaks to people around the club. They absolutely love him. And he's, in terms of a press sort of viewpoint on these things, he's one of the players who is always willing to talk and always willing to give honest opinions, which I don't think players often are. I think they may be afraid of the consequences of speaking their mind. Jack is not that. And I think you need that in a team. I think you need people who are willing to maintain standards and call people out when they feel the standards aren't high enough. And Jack has been a really important part of that. 
you talk about the culture that Nicolas Arteta has tried to instill at Arsenal. And I know he's not the captain, but Xhaka is the captain without the armband, if you like. And he's been a huge part of transforming the culture in the dressing room. And we see now why Arteta was so keen to keep him when he first came in, in what, 2019? That, that narrative of Xhaka leaving and then staying, that's that's been done to death. So we won't go into that too much. But Arteta saw something that I don't think any of us really did at the time. And I think a lot of us were on the sort of Xhaka out train, but he's managed to turn us around. And I think that's total testament to the work he's done. And if you're looking at most important players in this Arsenal team, I'd say he's definitely up there for sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Absolutely. Big props to Granit Xhaka. You mentioned he is one of the most important players. I think he, in the team, he's one of the only 30-year-olds in the starting eleven. I think that's that's major. He does add that needed experience and he, he complements it with the quality he does bring to the team. So Granit Xhaka definitely deserves a nomination in my eyes as well, uh, Kyle. But moving on to the more forward line, or would you like to say wingers? And that is the star boy. I think it's impossible to leave him out. That is Bakayi Saka, of course given an England call-up and has been absolutely phenomenal for us. I think it goes without saying, Kaya, why have you nominated uh, our star boy, Bukayo Saka? <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously, Bukayo Saka had to be in the list. Weirdly, originally when I wrote this list, I forgot to add him in. And I don't know how I managed to do that. But he's thankfully in it now. And I've managed to avoid being sort of ridiculed by the entirety of everyone who's going to be voting in this, in this uh, list. I, I probably would expect him to win it. I think it'd be close between him and Granit Xhaka. And yeah, obviously the reason I put him in is because he's a fantastic footballer. And the the start of last season, people forget because it was so, it feels like so long ago. But the start of last season was just after the Euros and obviously the traumatic experience he had there, missing the penalty and all the horrible abuse that came after that. And the way he's bounced back from that and the way he's gone on to another level, not just to become one of the best young players in the Premier League, but one of the best players full stop is fantastic. And I think what he offers this Arsenal team in terms of an ability to break through tightly packed defences with his close dribbling ability, his ability to uh, deceive high presses when they try and come onto him, he's able to wriggle away. That's such a useful asset. And he's added goals to his game now. Last season was double figures. This season, I think he's already got five goals. Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's proven himself as a very good penalty taker as well, which is something that you know, post-Euros, I think we were all a bit worried about. And I think maybe a lot of us still have our hearts in the back of our mouths every time Bukayo Saka steps up to take a penalty. But he's willing to take that responsibility on his shoulders. And for someone who is only 21, again, like Talibi, we forget that. For someone who's so young, to be able to have the mentality to just shrug off what was a really traumatic experience just over, what, 15 months ago? Really not long at all. And to almost completely forget about it, not let it affect you at all, and to thrive from that position onwards is superb. And, you know, we're all worried about him 
in terms of the injuries. We worry if, you know, maybe he'll get kicked a bit too hard one day and then he won't be able to get back up. But he always does seem to get back up. He's robust and he deals with it well. And I think he's also adding a bit more of a, a, f- a fighting spirit to his character. You yeah. see that in duels, he's not willing to be kicked around. And I think he's standing up for himself a bit more. Whereas when he was younger, he was maybe a bit more timid. And, you know, these are sides to his game, which are absolutely fantastic. He's going to get so much better. Again, only 21 years old. Again, something Arsenal need to do in terms of the contract situation. He wants to stay. Arsenal want to keep him. So I, I expect that to get done. But um, that's something that Arsenal definitely need to get sorted as soon as possible. Absolutely. I think you mentioned the penalty situation. I think when he scored the winner against Liverpool, that from all the way back to the Euros just epitomised the progression in his mentality to yeah, be able yeah. to step up and slot the penalty home. I think that just sums up Bukayo Saka and what a star he actually is. But guys, those are the, our four nominations for the Fans Footballer Year of the Award. Let us know who you guys believe should win the award. But Kaya, there are names that I've missed out and I've picked out three in particular that could have had a, a decent shout. We'll start off with the forward, Gabriel Jesus. Now, of course, in recent weeks, his goal-scoring Hasn't been great, but I feel like he's still offered so much to the team. And the way he started the season, he was in with a shower, wasn't he? 100%. And the only reason I didn't put Gabriel Jesus in is because I felt bad picking two players who have had half a season. I felt it would have been harsh to the players who have been here for the whole year. But Jesus definitely should have been in there. If it was a five-man shortlist, he'd have definitely been on it. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that he should be on the four-man shortlist as well. Maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, ahead of who. But... He's been superb. He's completely transformed this Arsenal front line. If you look at where Arsenal were last season with, with Lacazette up front, and whenever I talk about this, it sounds like I'm sort of using it as a stick to beat Lacazette with. I don't have any beef with Lacazette. I think he was a really good servant to Arsenal. But at the same time, I do think he was problematic for the Arsenal attack. And there's a reason he got replaced by Eddie Nketiah towards the end of the season, because he just wasn't mobile enough and he wasn't clinical enough. Gabriel Jesus, maybe not as clinical as we want him to be, but he's certainly mobile enough. He is everywhere on the pitch. He is a nightmare for defenders to deal with. He is a pressing machine. He's a monster when it comes to intensity. And we talk about the standards and the culture that Arteta wants to set. He's been superb at just implementing that himself. He's less of a a shouter and a screamer, like maybe someone like a Xhaka. He's more of a leader by example. And the way he applies himself to every single game, there's that Pep Guardiola quote that if you bring Jesus on for five minutes, he'll give you the best five minutes of his life. And we've really seen that with Arsenal. There's been games where he's come on, I think back to that Bodo Glimt game uh, at home where the game was more or less done and it was really petering out and Arteta wasn't happy with how the standards were slipping. He brings on Jesus and he dribbles around, I think three Bodo defenders, sets up a third goal, makes the game safe. And that's the kind of thing you expect from him in a game which he doesn't really need to prove himself in. He's still coming on and still being fantastic. So, yeah, 11 games without a goal is a problem and you want your centre-forward to be scoring more, but goals will come. Goals will definitely come and if he keeps getting in the right positions, it's a matter of time. Yeah, I completely agree with you and I think also Gabriel Jesus has improved Martinelli and uh, um, yeah. Saka's yeah. game as well because he's able to bring him in. I remember I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago about Giroud's importance at the 2018 World Cup, how he helped players like Kylian Mbappe and Antoine Griezmann. Despite Giroud not having a single shot on target, the fact that he was able to bring other players in the game helped elevate France and in the last 11 games, Gabriel Jesus has still helped elevate Arsenal's level and I think he deserves praise for that. But Kai, another player that missed out was Gabriel Martinelli, another Brazilian, of course. Do you think there was a shout, a shout for him to, to get nominated? Totally. The fact that Arsenal have so many players in form and yeah. playing so well in 2022 <laughs> is the only reason Gabriel Martinelli hasn't made the list. And I think it's around this time last year where Martinelli actually burst into the team. We forget that. He's only really been a first-team regular for Arsenal for just under a year now. 
that Newcastle game was when he sort of came on. I think it was for Saka who was injured and then when it started at Old Trafford and obviously the Bamiang stuff all happened and he took the opportunity that was presented to him and has made that left wing spot his own. He's beaten Mill Smith Rowe to the regular starting spot and, you know, Smith Rowe's had his injuries, of course, but Martinelli is there by rights as well. And again, pressing machine, adding more goals to his game this season, which is good to see. Could do with scoring a few more, I think, and I think he'd agree with that. But the intensity he applies to every game, if you look at that Wolves game from the weekend, for example, both goals come from him just being relentless in his pressing. And yeah, Arsenal were very lucky to have him. Again, I think 21 years old, might be 22, probably 21. 21, 21 yeah. crazy. 321-year-olds we've spoken about today and all of them are going to get so much better and that's so exciting for Arsenal. Another contract they need to get sorted, but I think they've technically got him until 2026 with all the extension options. So maybe something they can they can put a little bit of a back burner on while they get Saliba and Saka sorted and then who knows what will happen after that. Yeah, let's hope he does sign that deal. And finally, Kaya, not a 21-year-old, but a 29-year-old in the heart of the midfield is Thomas Partey. Now, do you think he could have maybe pushed in for a nomination? Yeah, he could have. He, he's definitely been important. I just feel like he's missed a lot of games through injury. Mm. Um, that's probably why I didn't uh, include him. But yeah, he's he's massive at the base of the midfield. Huge part of what Arsenal do. Um, what he does, I think, is such a specific role. And we see it when he's not in the team, how important he is. But um, yeah, just unlucky to miss out, I'd say. Absolutely. Guys, that is our nominations for the uh, Fans Footballer Year of the Award for 2022. Let us know in the comments section who you believe deserves to win the award. Would it be Ben White, Granite Shaka, William Saliba or Bakayo Saka? Please let us know in the comment section. Kaya, thank you for hopping on and letting us know your nominees. Yeah, no worries. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And guys, please get involved and uh, vote. Absolutely, guys. Let us know in the comment section. Vote, of course, as always. And most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah.